It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hi, and welcome to the Metaphysical Mastery Podcast. This is a mother-daughter podcast. My name is Kate Nelligan. I am an equine-partnered life coach, healer, animal communicator, and I have my mom here, Peggy Nelligan. Please introduce yourself, Mom. Hi, I'm Peggy, and uh, I am director of the Metaphysical Center in New Jersey, and so we do a lot of work and have for about 65 years in metaphysics, so we're hoping to share some good info with you today. Yeah, and this topic is on heart intelligence, so we're really excited because uh, my mom and I are both heart math fans and uh, have studied it a little bit, not extensively. Um, I myself love understanding all of the intricacies of the heart and the horses, and we'll talk about that and some other fun resources. But really, what we're going to dive into as well is that my mom did her dissertation for her PhD on the heart brain the intelligence of the heart, and she did this in her 70s, which I still find amazing. So <laughs> I have to tell everybody that. Thank you. And, uh, Thank well, you. how long was your dissertation, and what prompted you to write it? Well, it's actually, um, it's a, it took about four years total. Um, it was done through the University of Metaphysical Sciences, um, and they won a w- wonderful program. But you have to go through different components to it first. So we get a bachelor's, a master's, and then finally the PhD in metaphysical science. But it, the thing that prompted me was there was a quote that had stuck in my head for a long, long time called the longest distance from the, in the world, in the universe, is from the head to the heart. And it was just something I thought about for a long time. Why should that be? We are... You know, we have both a head and a heart. How could that be so different? But really what it boiled down to in doing the research is that we have been such a um, cerebrocentric culture for so long that the brain has always been the thing that we've focused on for the longest time. And new research, luckily, is is all about the heart. Not all about, but it's how the heart works together with the brain and the head. So that's how it started. Yeah. Well, I love it. And like, you know, you being a Gemini and also just who you are in the world and being a teacher for so many years, you were in this mindset of education and head brain and all of that. And so like, you, I think you personally needed the heart. I know I did as well, coming out of corporate America and meeting the horses and their hearts to really like shape shift me and certainly both having a math, we both have our master's in spiritual psychology, which is so much about heart-centered, um, like the first skills we learn are heart-centered listening and seeing the loving essence, and it's all about the wisdom of the heart. So I'm really excited to dive mm-hmm. in today. There, this is a long topic. You already wrote um, an inc- incredible, like, essentially ebook that you'll have on the <laughs> Metaphysical website, center website, which is 
There's just so much here. I learned so much just reading this. So why don't you bring us in a little bit through, like, the physical body version of the heart, and then we'll go into more of, like, the metaphysical or spiritual heart. So tell us about the physical body of the heart. Sure. Well, you know, you can go to any encyclopedia and find out specifically about the heart, you know, where it's located, the size, how many beats per minutes it does and, you know, seconds and how it pumps 5,000 gallons of blood every day through our body. And there's a lot of information about the physical um, heart that is available for anybody anytime. The thing that really I found very curious is that, and especially in doing the dissertation, but it, it also ties in with the metaphysical background, is the non-physical body that we talk about uh, or that isn't really talked about. There's a lot of information about the the brain and the head, and that's the physical brain, but then more recent research has shown about the brain and the heart. And then, of course, even more recent is the brain and the gut, what's called the enteric brain. So what I wanted to find out was how do they coordinate together? And there's a lot of physical information that how they communicate with each other neurologically, biophysically, um, as well as electromagnetically and biochemically. There are four ways they communicate. But it's the electromagnetic communication that is fascinating because that involves our non-physical bodies. And that's that's where we get into the metaphysical part of it. So. Okay, so let's go there because that's actually the part I talk about the most. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. just to let the visitors know to break it down because we use some big words that I myself am still like, oh, gosh, this reminds me of school. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but it's really this level of like, so in simplicity, there's three brains, right? We have the brain in our head, mm-hmm. we have a brain in our heart, and we have a brain in our stomach. And I love how you map it out in this document that people can read how it's like there's the cardiac heart and then the gut is really the somatic brain. Uh, sorry, there you've got the cardiac brain of the heart, the somatic brain of the stomach, and then this cranial brain, right? And it's so, and mm-hmm. heart math talks about the intelligence of the heart and measures it and studies it with their research. But um, I love this piece around the electromagnetic field. So talk a little bit about that and like, how that exists, what that is. Yeah, HeartMath does a lot in that area, and they use a term called heart rate variability, um, HRV, and how it's measured. And they basically measure it with a regular electrocardiogram that you can get in a doctor's office. And But what's fascinating about the measurement of it, as they... And, and you specifically can talk about this in terms of, of the horses and working with it because in people, the heart, our HRV um, is shown at about 6 to 10 feet out from the human body. They can actually measure it with something called a magnetometer and that indicates how far away your your heart is emanating. The The energy that's emanating from you is going out and you know... With, why don't you tell them about horses? Because that I find fascinating. Well, I mean, horses are, you know, thousand pound plus being, depending on obviously their size. We're talking about a full size horse, and like you've got a five times or more greater size physical mass heart. So they, you know, their electric magnetic field extends 
much further, right, potentially five times further than the human heart. So they are impacting, you know, just being around them. Like I was just telling someone the other day, like I sleep so much better when I sleep on a horse ranch. Like I'm just surrounded. I can feel the energy. I feel safe. I rest in it. Um, And you can just feel that extension of that heart energy. And there's a lot where they've shown in terms of, and training and and synchronizing to their, you know, their heart rate, which slows everything down, and it allows the body to come into a greater parasympathetic, uh, so there's a lot more, like, of that rest and digest space, which they live in, um, and that we can live in, too, and it really helps us, like, regulate, which, because most humans are not really regulated and so emotional regulation becomes easier around horses the more we spend time with them and the healing energies can happen faster because of the power of the heart so yeah no i love it and and so what would you say like your biggest takeaway is from understanding like the science and also the spirituality of the heart like from you wrote what like 40 something pages about of this, but I have not read all of it yet. That's okay. What was one of your biggest takeaways? Well, I think the biggest takeaway for me and also for the listeners is the word coherence, and that directly relates to that heart rate variability. Um, coherence, at least as it's defined by um, heart math, is it's the ability of the heart to um, work in synchronicity, work in balance. And if we 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 know we have a normal heart rate variability, just your breathing that you have is a normal pulse that grow, and it's not totally even. Um, if it is totally even, there may be a problem, but it's usually somewhat uneven. But there are things that cause it to become very uneven, and there are things that bring it back more into balance, and that's what the coherence is all about. Because, and and that's what's connected with the heart. Um, in terms of the emotional state that we're in, if your heart, if you're, if you're in a state of compassion or caring or having loving thoughts, um, that brings you to a state of coherence that is very um, balanced and even. If you have negative thoughts, if you're uh, doing a lot of judgment, um, if you're anxious, frustrated, fearful, that causes the heart to go into an incoherent pattern. And that is what affects the gut in terms of, you know, we we call it stress, but it actually has physical ramifications for the gut as well as the inability to think clearly. Uh, It affects the brain as well. So these three brains are very, very much connected, and your heart coherence is a major factor in making them work at optimum level. Yeah, and so one of the things I see which is not essentially science-based, it's energy medicine for me that I, because I can feel in my body what other people um, are dealing with when I start to do clearings, I'll feel like people who have tension in their heart or like grief that they've locked in or some sort of just like stress and anxiety. And we store stuff in like different places. The heart always usually stores some level of grief and at least that's been my experience with myself my experience working on animals as well as working with humans and so it's allowing it to release and often it can come out through like the arms um 
And, you know, I'm a huge fan of people crying because I think it's one of the fastest ways to release some, like, trapped energy in the heart. Um, and there's no judgment in that. I always find it interesting when people apologize for crying, but they don't for laughing. And I'm like, what is the difference, right? It's just an emotional <laughs> release. And we need to cleanse ourselves emotionally um, and energetically the way we physically do, right? We would always take a shower to clean ourselves physically, but this is why I love doing clearing work so much because they're energetic and emotional clearings. The horses are naturally doing it with humans when humans are open to it. Um, <laughs> they allow horses like closer up into their space. You can watch the horses breathing into different chakras. Uh, but for, you know, when I do it, I'm using access consciousness and clearing people that way. The other thing I love is that emotion code work, which I still need to study a lot more of, but there's a great film on emotion code and certainly uh, material online. They talk about heart walls, which is essentially that we've guarded our heart because of either trauma or things we've been through, you know, challenges with people where there hasn't been trust and, so that's what people always like, keep your heart open. Like one of my favorite sayings is you can be, um, you can feel, um, you can let your heart break open, but not keep it broken, right? Which is ultimately mm -hmm. what a lot of major trauma and challenge can do is it can get us really into that heart space where we have to practice skills of self-compassion, forgiveness, um, self-care, and because otherwise we're we're really can go into you know states of depression and and stay there. So the heart is really like that portal, I think, to really a lot of emotional intelligence and understanding stuff. But what was interesting in your kind of research is you the emotions aren't necessarily connected just to the heart. Is that true? No, that's right. Yeah, emotions. <laughs> it was interesting because so much of the research um, shows that. And there are emotions that are developed in the cranial brain in the head and in the gut and in the heart. Emotions actually can be developed in different places. But the research shows they're really coming from the energetic and energetic heart, my um brain, gut brain and head brain. It's the it's that and this is the part that is so difficult to talk about scientifically because science doesn't know it yet. And yet metaphysically we know that the mind is uh, connected with every cell of the body. It is not located in a particular place. But a lot of the things that you'll read talk about the mind as though they're really talking about the brain. And when they talk about the brain, they're talking about the brain and the head. So you really have to sift through what is being said in a lot of cases because um, there are three brains. That's, that's now been proven scientifically. But the three minds, they're still coming up with some difficulty proving those. Um, I'm convinced they exist. And the way they talk about it then is that it, it is the mind is really a thing that is connected with every cell of the body. But we have... Our, our brain and our head mind and our heart mind and our, our gut mind, and they operate together and separately. And depending on, it's like a muscle, anyone that you use more often becomes stronger. So, you know, as you said in the beginning, I tend to be more of a mental person, so I use my, my mental faculty, my brain, and therefore my mental mind more often than I do my heart mind. So Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's very true. Like having you and I both have some stomach stuff going on right now. And so like when I was reading all this, I was like, oh, my gosh, I've done such a good job, like cultivating my head brain. And I have done such a great job cultivating my heart brain with the horses because I will literally do like heart breathing with them, which is from HeartMath. HeartMath has another tool called the Heart Lock-In, which is really locking in a quality. I do infinity loops which another horse person taught me between the horse's heart and my heart, and I run energy that way. Um, I, you know, do the somatic horse boy poses, which is very much about heart chakra, aligning with heart chakra on the back of a horse. Like, I've done so much of that, and I realized reading this, I love how, like, every time we do a podcast, there's new information for all of us. Um, That's Mm -hmm. one of our intentions, is that, like, we have more work to do on this gut brain. And I think society right now is going through a collective, like, gutting out, honestly, of what isn't working Mm -hmm. so that we all do, like, have stronger willpower and have a stronger stomach. And I'm like, we could just do a podcast on that. I'm not promising it because I (laughs) are really early days of learning about the gut brain in some ways, but it is, like, there is so much there. Um, So, But when they talk about consciousness, sorry, go ahead, Kate. When they yeah, left. no, well, go for it, because I wanted to talk about, like, what, there's a disagreement on where the soul exists, and we all think, like, um, oh, it's got to be in the heart, but it's not necessarily. No, but the one thing I wanted to mention is that this whole idea of consciousness um, and, and the awareness of it right now and talking about this dimension and raising our consciousness, they say the true way to do that is going to be through the body. You know, they've had focus on, as you just said, there's not a lot of research that out, that's out there on that right now. But that's what's being said is that we really need to embody anything that we're learning, experiencing, um, becoming aware of. It has to come into the body in a physical kind of a way. That's why we're here on Earth. It's meant to be, we're meant to experience things in this physical way. Um, so it's just kind of interesting that, that, you know, we're talking about the gut brain, and yet it is something that needs to, to be addressed, I think. so. But in terms of the soul, that's another whole, yeah, that could be another whole issue to go through. Um, again, there there's a lot, of, um, a lot of difference on things because they have uh, um, a lot of things that have been said is that in the ancient days, for example, the Egyptians used to take the heart, mummify it, and put it back in a mummified body. But the brain they would take and it would come out through the nose. That would be the end of it. There are people who are, like even Aristotle, that way back in the Greek time, they put things in, um, he believed in the heart, and that's where the soul was located in the heart. And then there are others who have believed that the soul is located in the brain. So if if you if I follow my research and it, and the stuff that I've been reading, really the soul is really in the energy body, and that's the one thing that metaphysics teaches that we we aren't just a physical body, we really are. Uh, there are seven layers to our our being, and the one of them, the very first one, is is called the astral level. That's the one that's in, and so that's the that's the connection to the physical body that. I think we need to be aware of is that there are seven of these bodies that are connected to us. We tend to think of them, you know, not quite as bodies, but they are layers of energetic material is basically the best way to say it. 
I yeah, know, and I'm you have sure a good thing <laughs> Oh, of course. And the thing in here is like the seed atoms you talk about, which I find really interesting too, which is part of that, <laughs> the astral heart. Yeah. And like the, there's so much information and it's so fascinating to me and there's so much I like didn't know. Um, but I also love like how going back to the emotions for a second because I feel like I spend so much of my life working with people on their emotions. Um, mm. There, you know, you have the amygdala, which um you know, is because emotions connected with the cranial brain and then you have the hormones, right, released in the gut, which also has a, has a piece of it. And then essentially, mm-hmm. like, we have to go back to the basic here, which is that we believe everything is energy, right? And so emotions are currents of energy running through you. So ultimately, mm-hmm. like in my experience, it's a lot of uh, not relooping certain emotions, right? Like, we're being able to feel them and release them. Like, even I was just working on a client last night, and I'm like, you, like, can you just express your voice right now about your dissatisfaction, your frustration around this one thing, right? And it was mm-hmm. just holding space for, like, that to just get out and to be processed and to be let go of instead of, like, stuffed or, you know, like, having to be the good girl. It's like, let's be with the rage. Let's be with the upset and let's release it, right, instead of holding it. Um, and I think what's so interesting about heart walls is that, you know, this is what can create certain disconnection in their life without us even realizing it. And we're like, oh, why aren't we receiving certain things or why aren't we, you know, why aren't we open to certain things or why are things not necessarily flowing? And it's because we can throw up heart walls and we can dissolve them. Like, you know, they're, mm-hmm. again, it's energy, right? It's forms of right. energy that, um, but the heart is so, so energy intelligent, right? I did a presentation mm-hmm. recently on energy intelligence to corporate America, which so blows my mind that I did that because that is not even out there fully yet in the world either. Um so, yeah, there is so much um, share. Um, so, yeah, what else would you share if you, if someone was like, tell me your other favorite thing from your, from your, from your <laughs> PhD? Well, one of the things before I jump into that, I'd like to make a, because you've mentioned heart walls twice now and it's come up for me. Um, when I have been doing Chinese face reading, there is an indentation on the tip of the nose sometimes when you see people. And that is meant to indicate that there has been a heart wall. It's The little indentation is called the heart protector. And it's not the one in the chin. That's a whole different thing. Um, but the, the little indentation on the tip of the nose is called the heart protector in Chinese medicine. And it usually indicates that somebody is has a heart wall. In some way, they are doing everything they can to protect themselves from being hurt. And if you're aware of that, as, as you've been doing, you can then work on it and, you know, release the heart walls that are there. So I just wanted to make that little comment um, so that people would can look in the mirror and <laughs> see if they have a, you know, a heart protector on their nose somewhere along the line. Yeah, it's just a tiny little indentation. I actually, like, when I feel, like, really big compassion, I feel it in the tip of my nose, which is so fascinating to me. I mean, obviously, I'm an empath and highly sensitive, but, like, if I feel a ton of compassion, or, like, I I feel it in my tip of my nose, which is so interesting Mm -hmm. to me. And, yeah, I love, like, one of my good friends in L.A. has one, and, like, it really helped her to realize, like, that's why you feel so much. 
Um, yeah. I bet everyone listening now is going to go look at their nose. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, for it's, sure. It's a good thing to um, <laughs> well, and the thing I've been using as like a practical tip lately with my clients is like, can you keep, because like it literally like the stars and the trees have been sharing this with me recently because I've been doing a lot of sessions at night at the ranch, like on the virtually on the phone. And, like, what's been really interesting is this whole, like, keep your heart light on, right? Like, we all, we are light, right? It's that's the form of the energy. And it's, like, to keep that heart light on, right? And that, and that's the thing I always say to myself is, like, it's okay for the heart to break open. Like, we've gone through a lot of collective trauma recently. Uh, a lot, I'm hearing a lot of personal trauma. And so, you know, it's, like, can you still keep your heart open? Not throw up a heart wall. Keep the heart light on. And, and that can be a simple as what it is is like focusing on the pink light of unconditional love sending it through every cell in your body usm our master's program really taught us that in meditation to use every cell of the body which you're talking about today and then you're running the intelligence and then send the pink light to others right um and to to all beings in your house filling your whole house with it as well uh, and the world and whatnot and sending it out because it really is felt and received. And that heart light, you know, for me is, is important. I think it's, it's uh, an attractor for things that we want. It's a protector <laughs> because we're focused mm-hmm. on the light and not on any darkness. And then it is also, you know, just an intention that like we stay resilient in times of like challenge and change. Um mm-hmm. So I know we've got to yeah. wrap up here, and we can talk about this forever. Anything else you really want so many to share? Things. Well, one of the things that I, I will tell our, our listeners, that, and because I, I don't have it ready now, but it is something I always wanted to do, and now this has given me the motivation to do it. Um, there are some very good activities that I came across from many different books and websites as I was doing the research, and they are very practical things that you can do, like you just said. But another one that they had is, uh, it says, lead with your heart. What emotion do I want to feel? Ask you that. Ask yourself that question. What emotion do I want to feel? If you want to feel, say, confidence, what does confidence feel like? Um, what does my body feel like when I am confident? How do I breathe when I feel confident? And then practice that emotion whatever it is that you would like to do. And, of course, you know, we're talking about the um, coherent emotions rather than the incoherent ones. You know, we want to try it. And so if you're trying to get rid of an incoherent one, like judgment, for example, catch yourself. They, I read this fascinating thing that said, just listen to yourself. It's one thing it said is put on a tape recorder and listen to you, say out loud whatever is in your mind and do it for a half an hour. You will be amazed at what goes on in your mind. Now, again, I'm using the word mind incorrectly. It really means your brain. What's going on in the brain? Because the brain is what's connected to our personality, um, our ego sense. And that's what's going to come up with the negative judgments that that we're thinking out loud, either whether it's for ourselves, oh, you shouldn't do that, why do you do that, so on. We really want to have a more coherent um, self-talk going on. And so that's one of the activities that you can do is what emotion do I want to feel and then what am I feeling? And then you're able to actually shift and get from the one to the other. Um, and that that's just – so I will put some of these together, um, you know, at the end when I have a chance. And I'll get it up on the Metaphysical Center website along with this article um, that goes yeah. to Art Intelligence. Well, okay. 
uh, ultimately you're talking a little bit like heart math, heart lock in as well, which is like focusing on the, your heart. I like to have people mm-hmm. put their hands in the heart because you actually physically connect it. Um, and your hands feel so much usually energy when you're aware. And then you can heart lock in like confidence and whatnot. I've been playing with this with the horses. I run like whatever I think my horse needs. Like I am, I am calm, right? Or I am like my, one of my horse needs. She needs things to be interesting, so I run. I am interesting, <laughs> and I or I run. Mm-hmm. I am confident, and whatever it is, and then they get really, you know, connected to that because I am running the I am statements, the affirmation. But it's feeling it like that. We can't just also go into positive thinking. That's right. where that whole positive, like toxic positivity stuff comes from. To me, my fastest path to my heart is through the shadow. But that, you know. It, I love doing that work where it's like, okay, like all of the stuff that could be on top of my heart, I'm going to work with clearing it out so that all that's left is the true nature of who I am, which is light energy and this heart space, that whole follow your heart is ultimately listen to your heart intelligence and the heart is the intelligence, the brain, the head brain is the intellect and the instinct is the gut. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we really yeah. have to start to value heart intelligence moving forward. Um, I personally think the intuition is in all three. Um, Logic is certainly way more in the head brain. But, you Mm -hmm. know, this ideally is a reminder for people to, like, play with different things. One way that's really powerful is put on a movie that's going to make you cry, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. Put on a song that's going to make you smile and dance. Like, being in the body and being with the heart, you know, like, people love being around animals because it gets Mm -hmm. them into that heart space really fast. And, you know, listening with the ears of your heart rather than listening with your head for logic and reason it's there's a whole game changer when we're in the presence of heart and the heart energy and people will you'll hear people be like oh she's so loving or she's so kind or you know because they're feeling that person's heart and Mm -hmm. we I think the days of impressing everyone with our intellect you know aren't over (laughs) but there's the, there's a whole new thing coming, especially thankfully through the movement of the animals, which is like let's value the heart just as much people because you know, and I know like in two years we'll be talking about the gut way more, but like yeah. let's value the let's value the heart space and it is a connector it's the bridge in the body if you think about it in like the kundalini like energy work i've done also like i'm always pulling up energy from my like from my sit bones and my lower the lower parts of my body up to my heart and then pulling energy down and meeting it in the middle and mm-hmm. we're ultimately right. about we're supposed to bridge and balance right so yep absolutely yep well, we're at time and i know we can talk about this forever so thank you so yeah. much i'm so grateful for all of the information and the research you've done and like committing to just studying this in your 70s even though you've already had a bachelor's (laughs) degree and a master's degree before you did all of this so yeah huge thank you for sharing your wisdom today mom no problem thank you i appreciate having the opportunity to get on here and share it with you you know because we do we have our conversations all the time about different things so this is this is a fun way to do it to be honest i enjoy it yeah, and I hope someone takes yeah. even just one piece of information and, like, lets it guide them, lets them think about it and, and play with it, and ideally one practice and really start to live from that space because we need the world, like, truly more awakened through um, mm-hmm. the power of the heart. And as I say that, the power of the heart documentary, have to plug that too. love that documentary, and that is also a great education, the power of the heart. You can Google it and um, 
uh, filmmakers awesome. I've met him and saw it at a festival. So enjoy and let us know what you think when you're listening Mm -hmm. either now or later. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a 